Are you ready? Ready. Ready. <laughs> ready. Hello, and welcome to Museum Kind, the podcast where three museum workers come together and we talk about museums and sometimes museum and pop culture. Um, I'm Madeline. I'm Sarah. And I'm Maddie. And today we're doing a pop culture roundup. We None of us know what the other one is talking about, so we're surprising each other with that. But first, let's get started with our tea. What are you guys drinking today? Well, it is a warm, sunny day, so I'm having some iced tea. It is iced black tea. It's a Psalm tea from the Republic of Tea. Um, I will also fully admit that um, I was a little lazy and to even heat up a kettle. So the mm. iced tea in the fridge. Yeah, bang, that so seems hard today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So are there any um, notes to this black tea? This, since it's an Assam tea, it's very malty. So I would say it's a very, like actually very strong, distinct black tea. It's not like you're straight up like Lipton's, you know, just bag black. Like, I feel like if you were to, if you go like, oh, what tea is that? Like, I I think you would Hmm. genuinely have a reaction. So. Okay. mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? Well, I'm drinking an iced tea as well. I'm doing an herbal blackberry raspberry hibiscus tea. And it is iced and delicious. Perfect for, as you said, Sarah, this hot day. Hot day. Yeah. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm i so sorry. I am not drinking tea or anything right now. Um, I, I got called... Um, so I now have a baby on my lap who is drinking milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <formula>. <laughs> um, so not quite tea. And for our listeners, if you hear weird noises, it's not me. It is a small human here with us today. <laughs> well, that small human is our first official guest on the podcast. So welcome, yes. small human baby. Well, We're our so- first uh, non-furry Guest, oh guess. yes, that's true. true. Yeah, true. I mean, <laughs> she does have a bit of hair, but she does. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So, welcome, baby of the pod. Okay. Well, I guess we should get straight into our museums and pop cultures and how we each interpreted that because I think it's actually open to a little bit of interpretation. Um, like. Because I don't know about you guys, but I Googled museums in pop culture as a start, right? Like, and there is, I, I I had the opportunity to go, but we didn't go because, but in Seattle, there's the Museum of Pop Culture and it looks really cool. And I was on their website for a little bit today and I was like, I like the vibe they're putting out and I wish I would have mm-hmm. gone. So, um, have you guys? Yeah, been- I've had the opportunity to go, but I didn't go. So am yeah. I missing out, Sarah? I the website looked cool. Um <laughs> I think we may be missing out. I, I would definitely okay. next time I was in town. I was there for work, so it wasn't like, you know, a ton of time, but we went to we didn't go. So but yeah, okay. but um I think I'm gonna sound a little nutty if I jump right into mine, but I can do that. Okay. I you know what? I will now that I've just said that out loud, I'll start. Um so I was like, ooh, museums and pop culture. And then I just kind of started thinking like what films are set in museums, right? And like Wikipedia does have a list of that. And there's quite a few like, you know, bits and bobs of movies that are set in museums. 
but one caught my eye and that was John Wick 2. That was yeah. filmed museums. And um, for those of you that don't know, both of these ladies know very well, I am a big old Keanu Reeves fan. Um, he's, I think he's a great Say a massive fan. Massive <laughs> fan. Like, like, like people might write in to be like, she deserves to, the opportunity to meet Keanu because she's a lifelong fan. My love with Keanu Reeves goes back to speed when I was in fifth grade. And I was just like, wow. And I have been pro Keanu and I'm lucky because he has turned out not to be like a super creep or anything like that. He's generally considered to be a good guy, a charitable guy, non-creeper. And I'm a big fan of all the things he does. Right. So I can go on and on and on. Also, I will say anybody listening out there, you know, Keanu Reeves, please send him my way. Um, I love <laughs> to have a meal, um, you know, coffee. Let's just get to know each other. But, um, and May I just, uh, yes. support you by saying I think that Point Break is one of the most wonderful films <sighs> many people share that opinion like just top yeah that's always what gets brought up and for me I'm like well I think Speed is the top film but that has a special place in my heart you know also things like The Matrix and you know things like that and then you know and this is very relevant because as we're filming this or not filming this as we're recording this um <laughs> John Wick 4 just came out in the theaters this weekend. And so, you yeah, know, maybe there you go. it was on the John Wick and that's why it like stuck out. But um, so in John Wick 2, and for those of you who don't know, John Wick is basically a movie where Keanu Reeves is just a fighting badass for two hours. Many people die. It's incredibly, it's incredibly violent, but um, he's a great stuntman and things like that. But he fights in a suit the entire time and he looks so good doing that. So if you love a beautiful man in a suit who is also very <laughs> athletic, this is for you. Um, but in John Wick 2, in one of the many, 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 many fighting scenes, um, it's like kind of looks like it's supposed to be in the Metropolitan Museum of Art in, in New York. Like they're insinuating because most of the movie is mm-hmm. in New York. Uh, but it's actually was in the Galleria d'Arte Moderna um which is like kind of standing in for the new york art museum like that's what they're paying. and then that is actually the national gallery of modern and contemporary art in rome right so it's a pretty it's a big okay. museum like and it's it's very well known and so i rewatched like part of the scenes of um in that museum today and it's like it starts off with like they're like in like a gala like event like in a ballroom and like you can very clearly see like behind some people's like there's like a big neon sign that says art exhibitions you know like I feel like they framed it so that you're like understand that you are in a museum environment now and then like these him and this other guy lock eyes and it's go time right it's fighting time they are just whipping around fighting very violently shooting guns doing lots of things but it's actually filmed in the museum I couldn't find if like they have like swapped out a lot of this stuff to be like fake prop art, but it's like very large pieces of like what look like, you know, ancient marble and things like that. Like um, real heavy looking stuff, like stone busts and things like that, that I'd be like, man, it must've cost a pretty penny to like relocate and move all that stuff just to like, let them use like the shell of the building, you know, but lighting is very dramatic. It looks like a beautiful gallery space to go into. Um, but one thing that like really made me want to know more is like there is a lot of blood that happens in these fightings you know people are getting shot people are blank you know slamming into walls and they're like 
leaving blood on walls. And I wondered, is that CGI blood or is that prop blood? And if that's prop blood, I put it on the real museum wall because I feel like a lot of people will be upset about that. But um, I don't know. I wonder if like, is he said it's John Wick 2. John so Wick 2, yeah. I would guess then like it has to be real. Right? I, I, I'm just, I feel like I thought that there was more to um, CGI and like obviously they can do amazing things, but it seems like if they can too physical a lot of like it's it can be easier yeah yeah and it's mm-hmm. like, like i did notice like when wall blood was getting on places it was just like a blank white chunk of wall like like a hallway wall not like a wall right next to a painting so yeah maybe they used like a false wall in front of the real setting or filmed it again in a different like in uh, a studio or something and i was reflecting on like okay if i was a registrar that had to be on set for filming channel like two now <laughs> would that be a dream come true and i would you know be like i volunteer my time but like in at the basis of it it's just a bunch of dudes just kind of like twisting and turning and flipping each other around right so you're like okay if you got enough space that's fine it's it's like equivalent to being like we're going to have like modern dancers in the gallery okay like you know like they're moving around they're doing things but there was one part that made me deeply uncomfortable which was like that maybe go was when John Wick he's like like reloading his gun in a very dramatic way right like I I don't know how I don't even know the terminology for gun reloading you know I don't know whatever the clip or the the I mean, whatever that has to come out you know he like he got it did I get it the clip right right we're in there yeah he's gonna get the old empty clip out to get the new one in and he just like jerks his hand and does obviously something to the gun that makes like the clip like fly out and the clip legitimately just flew out into the distance like uncontrolled and it did appear that there was a painting near there and then he like loads one in really fast and gets back to it and I was just like how how do you control throw a clip like that and not know that something like could go wrong like I feel like if a registrar was sitting there she'd be like I was a little uncomfortable with that moment you know what I mean like there's the wild card factor of how hard does he like you know throw it but it's a lot of fun uh, to see people doing crazy stuff like that in museums. And then I was looking and John, part of John Wick 4 was actually shot in the Louvre. And I found like a little, like a little blurb that was kind of like, um, when we were discussing um, everything with the staff. They were very uncomfortable with the idea of there being like any shooting, whether it's like fake or, you know, just like blanks, like it just made them uncomfortable. Um, and they were like, can you do it without doing this? And, and they were like, well, we would like to, will you let us? And they were like, no. So, um, which, you know, and John, the Louvre is used in like a lot of museums, like the Da Vinci Code was, uh, part of that was shot in the Louvre. Um, Wonder Woman is at least yes. outside of the Louvre. Yeah. In the beginning of that, that uh, started- Beyonce and Jay-Z did a, a thing there. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, so. Yeah, that was really cool. But yeah. So yeah, you know, shooting films in museums is a thing. Great architecture. It's a nice setting. Very drama. I know that like, um, I think like James Bond, like Spectre was in a museum, um, you know. And then there was also a bunch of shots all over Rome's, Rome places that like just outside of the forum, you know, stuff that's all like cultural heritage, you know, adjacent and museum adjacent, stuff like that. But so then I'm just like still going down that Google search at Canter Reeves and, you know, museums. And I'm like, Smithsonian? Uh, the learning lab of Smithsonian has a, a collection of Keanu Reeves. Like, so it was like this like module that I was like, what is this? Like, I was like, oh my gosh, they have a collection of Keanu Reeves stuff. Like interesting. But uh, yeah. Smithsonian- Ooh, that lucky curator. 
Well, yeah, uh, it's the um, Smithsonian Asian Pacific American Center. So Keanu Reeves, um, you know, is Asian in descent. Um, and so the Learning Lab has a collection about Keanu Reeves. It's a series of 30 collections based off of a book that is called We Are Here, 30 Inspiring Asian Americans, Pacific, Pacific Islanders Who Have Shaped the United States. And so um, each of these like collections includes images and objects and links to all these community created resources, videos and archives. So basically it's like a suite, just like one stop shop for like Ken Reeves biography, history, you know, filmography, and all the other things that he's done to be like a pretty cool dude. And so I spent, you know, a lovely time just being like, oh, learning. Yes, yes, yes. Tell me more. Tell me more. And um, I thought it was a uh, pretty interesting that and it was just you know it was it was a good context to discuss an individual like that so smithsonian got a little bit of keanu in him so he's an american treasure a national treasure (laughs) he's an american treasure so thank you for giving me and allowing me to um go off on yet another speech about keanu reeves and his greatness and um but i will admit that right before we got on this i was definitely on a reddit page where he didn't ask me anything like i love keanu but i don't like deeply deeply like search or you know like i'm not i'm not a what's it called when someone is stalker stalker thank you i was like when someone's a creeper i'm not a stalker i'm not gonna like show up place or anything like that i want to make that clear but i was like oh what does this ask me anything and i just read the whole thing and i was like okay you gotta stop like yeah um so and Keanu Reeves rant he rant he is an American treasure he is pop culture that is my thesis statement thank you <laughs> to my talk about Keanu Reeves and pop culture yes hey plus I, <laughs> I I'm gonna try to not say this phrase again but as someone who has worked on a film set at a mu- taking place at a museum that sounds very um like similar to my experience where they're like hey can we do this thing and you have to individual like each little thing be like is that um a threat or an added risk um to museum objects or spaces and can we mitigate that risk are we willing to do it because like no matter what it's a risk if you Mm -hmm. have people at the museum period if you have people around artifacts period so it does have to be weighed by several parties i will say like everyone that I worked with uh, on on my experience, uh, Keanu Reeves was not there, unfortunately, but um, it's okay. Others I mean, were. <laughs> yeah, other beautiful, beautiful people were. So no complaints. Um, and everyone was very respectful. And like any, like the tiniest little thing, like from like pressure of like this area, how close we can get to this. Can we alter, like cover this um, was discussed with us. And when we got there, it, it was announced to the entire crew hey these are historic pieces treat it like you're in a museum and everybody Mm -hmm. did so there is like a big back and forth that does have to take place i'm sure okay we want to have blood spray on this wall okay but you have to put in a false wall and i would probably think like what about the floor what about like the distance and yeah i have a question maddie with your experience uh did you get to review the screenplay Oh, I did not. I don't know if um, maybe people higher up in this institution did in order to like determine if it was something that they were comfortable with. I don't know if okay. that's allowed. Um, I mean, we did discuss something. So maybe um, we we did not. Yeah, we 
put everything very specifically into our documentation of like what could be done and like kind of based on context we understood the scenes that were taking place um in that regard but um so we can like put two and two together in certain respects but no no screenplay that would have been exciting yeah somebody along the process had to be pretty clear on the content of the movie right because i would feel yeah. like they're going to be hesitant to you Branding know what I mean? wise and everything yeah. yeah and we have a general idea like i said we could kind of gleam some things from the scene and what was going on and people did tell us certain stuff so it, it wasn't like they were being really shady and hiding stuff so mm-hmm. somebody higher up must have and know um did your experience involve any like stunt work like were people flipping around doing crazy acrobatics because that's just like a whole level of concern you know yeah I mean? no there were like um body doubles but not because of like that and and so they were the ones who went over like exactly how the blocking was gonna go and we discussed that with them um but no, it wasn't. They weren't there because they had to do anything crazy. But even like anything that was physical that involved something, they did go over with us. So I would imagine that each like each little thing would be. But that was a good point that it's kind of like having dancers in there where maybe you just talk about like the radius and mm-hmm. I don't know if people are jumping like vibrate like if there was something like vibration wise that was a concern. Um, and there, you know, everything though they did to like cover up anything or alter anything was totally reversible just like you know a conservation repair it was totally reversible that's cool john wood seems like everything was in quite a large like space like these galleries must be huge and i now that we're thinking about it i'm like i'm sure they removed some sculpture from in the middle of it like in the middle of the floor plan like because you have this like basically humongous dance floor of space you know (laughs) <laughs> so which maybe they already like remove stuff regularly for events because we do that too we have some things that are like super easy to remove for event spaces that are used often and they're kind of set up for that i don't know what you do with the pedestal yeah hmm. interesting hmm. i would like the opportunity to be a registrar that has to work on that kind of thing just to to know this was i know on the lift serves every now and then you would see something about like because for those of you who don't know they're they're are pretty epic not epic but popular <laughs> registration listserv where you throw out questions like hello field of colleagues you know what do i do in this scenario and sometimes it is about filming like they want to do this is that crazy can we do that um yeah so i don't know it sounds it sounds like a lot <laughs> an unnecessary stress <laughs> on top of you're already uh yeah. i do see that and i guess if you're like like for me i'd be like can reuse movie yeah, i'll drop everything i don't care about anything else but then if you're like what right historical uh reenactment of something i find boring no thanks like yeah so if it's gonna happen i better be passionate about it yeah Yeah. all right well Well, i hope you get that experience one day it was it was interesting um Mm -hmm. i'll say that yeah yeah and now you can say well when i you know worked on a film set when i was on a film Uh set (laughs) When I acted, no, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> Early in my career. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know, um, Madeline, it, when you said you had episodes to talk about, are they by chance about a young lady making her way in a for her foreign city? Um, no. Oh. I, 
yeah, maybe in a foreign school, a school to her. Oh, I'm excited to hear about it. Um, well, one of the episodes that I reviewed uh, is Wednesday, season one, episode three, which is called Friend or Woe. And this episode focuses on Outreach Day, where the students from uh, the School of Nevermore visit the town to do mandatory volunteer work as outreach. And I did want to ask you guys, have you ever had to do mandatory volunteer work? Like I had to do it in high school. We had a volunteer day or a day of service. We didn't have a day of service. We had um, in Florida used to have bright people. I think, do we still have bright futures where you do volunteer work um, and it helps you pay for college? Um, so we had that, but it wasn't a day like they do. Because I've seen the Wednesday episode too. And it wasn't like that. That kind of seems fun. Um, where you all go. I have a colleague that works at um, the Toronto Museum of Art and they have a service day is like, it's like a, almost like a mandatory service day that you get paid. So you get paid to go do a day of, you know. Uh, oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, Canada. Great thing. <laughs> Could do. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I know as a high schooler, I was excited to get out of school for one day. And I picked, there was like a horse stable where I worked one day. And that was fun. We were to the stable? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Horses yeah. are like little goats. <laughs> Big goats. <laughs> but so I think this might be where I fizzled on Wednesday. Like maybe I got is to this episode. Um, oh, wow. I'm surprised you didn't finish it, Sarah. It seems up your alley. Does seem up my alley. It sometimes is the mood you bring to the show you're watching, and I'm I don't think I was like mm-hmm. in good spirits. So, um, well, on Friday I was in a Wednesday mood. I called myself a dark child. I wore dark clothes to work. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Way to live it. Yeah. So I was intrigued by this visit to Pilgrim World, where Wednesday did her volunteer work. Um, maybe it's a stretch to connect this to museums, but it's definitely museum or historical society adjacent. We can call it very loosely living history. <laughs> um, and within this touristy complex, there is the meeting house, which is filled with uh, artifacts belonging to the town's founder, Joseph Cragstone. But shocker, Pilgrim World is it a real place in a real world or is it in only Wednesday world? Like, do you know, is Pilgrim place the thing that you said, the park, is that real? I know. But like in my town, when I was growing up, there was a, a place called Constitution Hall that was exactly like this. And we had Czechoslovakian village where I'm from. Yeah. <laughs> or Czech and Slovakian, excuse me. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, but in this, area where like the actual artifacts are shocker it's closed for renovations and uh wednesday that never happens no what (laughs) never sorry for the inconvenience (laughs) so wednesday manages to find her way into the exhibit area to steal uh what she thinks is an artifact but it's actually a replica so this made me think of questions of authenticity and the fact that this is like a very whitewashed version of history which Wednesday does point out in the episode 
And then later she's able to locate the real site connected to this, you know, in Wednesday world, real pilgrim community. Um, but this site is abandoned in the woods. So um, there's this interesting difference of fake history and whitewashing and they're preserving that this touristy site and then the real site is abandoned in ruins uh yeah but um as wednesday so wonderfully reminds us secrets are like zombies they never die (laughs) she says that in the episode they do degrade they do degrade like the abandoned site yes um so through her magical visions, she gets to the bottom of whatever she's looking for. And then at the end of the episode, she blows up a monument of Cragstone. So um, obviously we're getting some connection to um, the dismantling of monuments that are preserving whitewashed history. And uh, I think this episode had like just overall themes of truth versus politics so i thought it was like a fun little museum connection or museum adjacent at least yeah oh definitely especially with the monument because um spoiler cragstone was a bad guy yes but that is spoiler fast forward five seconds yeah don't listen (laughs) (laughs) i i did give a spoiler warning but no break in between the word spoiler and the spoiler Yeah, that was good. I did think about that. Did I mean, do you think like you got a lot out of visiting living history stuff as a kid? Because it's a pretty like a lot of, you know, we've done it. Well, I mean, as a kid, you know, I think I was learning a certain version of history. So like this definitely this little village only talked about the colonists. Um it, it didn't talk about the, the native people living there or the slaves that were likely living on the property. Um, it did give you like an interesting view into like how hard things were to do. Like I remember churning butter there. So that was an interesting like tactile experience. So it was good for that, but I would say for just, you know, overall history probably not so great it's closed now (laughs) oh no yeah well I guess that explains that (laughs) yeah I do remember like oh it's hard to get water yeah (laughs) wow and I definitely remember that so I guess we we did learn something yeah Hmm. I went to no living history experiences in my youth my schools really the school ever brought us to is we went to a sea world which (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we could go aquarium adjacent, but that's a hotly loaded discussion. And then uh, we went to a farm, and I did get to like attempt to milk a cow. It wasn't like a historic farm or anything like that. It was just like a a farm. Um, and I was like, oh, that's how you get milk, you know. So like that was good, but no, no historical anything except on my own personal time. My family went to medieval times. This is not the same medieval times, but they have that. Um, historical like torture museum thing where you go through yes yeah really taken aback by that like that made an impression on me yeah it's like this line of museum versus um well not versus but yeah edutainment right yeah 
think that was legitimate or just completely bonkers, but I loved the vibe that it was putting out. So it's a real vibe. Yeah. I used to work with some of the retired horses from that. And I actually, now that I think about it, I don't think Lipizzaners were a medieval thing, but I could be wrong. Those are the like fancy white horses that do oh. the, like, on their back. Like, oh. Um, but I actually don't know if that's that accurate, uh-huh. <laughs> but the, it felt, as you said, it was quite a vibe, Yeah. Mm-hmm. which I, can I say, well, no, Madeline, you still had some more. I had a vibes related thing, but that, well, we can go into the vibes if you want, <laughs> but I can also, I can, uh, go to, I just have two more episodes. They're very different from Wednesday. Adams. <laughs> Let's put um, a, a pause on vibes then. I want to hear about these. <laughs> okay. We've got Cobra Kai season five finale. The best oh. show of all time. So great. And that's coming from a person who never saw any of the Karate Kid movies. <laughs> this blows my mind. I have not seen the Cobra Kai show. And I remember when Madeline originally told me she was watching it and was loving it. I was like, I have to say I'm a little surprised by that. But that's maybe me being a hater. So uh, it's, I mean, I have loved it since it was on YouTube Red. And <laughs> now I think, I really think it's for, obviously it's for anyone, even if you haven't seen it. Yeah, they do a heart. great job of covering everything that happened in Karate Kid. I feel like I've seen Karate Kid now. <laughs> well, you've seen enough flashbacks to it. <laughs> I have. Yeah. So um, I would say if you think this show is ridiculous, this season is maybe the most ridiculous yet uh but i also think that the creators know this and you really get a sense of that in the show because they know how to make fun of themselves which i appreciate so i say call anthony amore because ultra villain terry silver has the missing rembrandt seascape okay (laughs) (laughs) what yes he does um then and then oh sorry yeah then it gets stolen from him as maddie said another character takes it thinking it will make up for the cost on his is it burned down franchise i mean this yeah. show goes beyond karate and gets into crazy he destroyed his furniture store <laughs> yes again a painting being used as kind of somewhat a bargain exchange. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Kind of more of blind vengeance. Um, right. Well deserved. And it, I mean, Terry Silver, I will say in the original, in the Karate Kid 3, when Terry Silver first makes his appearance, just to give you an idea, Sarah, this man is like taking a bath in a tiny little bathtub that looks like a sink, getting called, like taking calls. He is so rich. He's listening to probably Wagner and he is plotting revenge on a older man and a teenager for something that they did to his old war buddy and laughing maniacally to him and he has a tiny ponytail and he still has one (laughs) yes that's his signature like that is like so the type of person who would have the isabella stewart gardner rembrandt yes wow yeah (laughs) And I would say this other character, you know, he doesn't know, but he's not going to make any money off of it. But I'm sure there are other Terry Silvers in the world who would buy this. He, he really, I think, was just going for blind best. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I wonder who in the writer's room was like, yo, hear me That's- out. 
I've got an idea. I just watched that sweet Netflix documentary about the Isabellister Gardner Heights. What do you think about that? I mean, like that's... Well, okay, I didn't realize the Netflix connection because Cobra Kai is Netflix. So that, that's got to be it. But I thought the same thing. Like what a random little nugget to be in there. Like a nugget somebody dropped and they said, we're going to run with that. Like let's... Yeah. That yes. it was synergy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Jesus. Well, okay. Well, just humor me. What's the fate of the painting in the show? Where does it ultimately? We don't know. It, oh. A guy just gets into a car with it. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. So, still lost in the the ether. That's funny. It's taken oh, by yeah. AJ Quartermain from General Hospital. So that's for the one person who will get that reference. <laughs> oh. Not me. Uh, <laughs> Madeline, I am like on the verge of like, I'm wondering if the third episode you have is one that just came into my mind and then I can't believe I didn't think about it until now. And there's a good chance that it is the same episode. So I'm kind of on the edge of my seat. I can guarantee you that it's not because we're about to take a hard turn into movie territory. <laughs> I said three episodes. I've got a movie. I lied. What's a movie? Um, but one episode. That's right. Okay. And this one is also, it's a downer. Um, So I saw Women Talking. We watched all of the Best Picture nominees. I believe it was nominated for Best Picture. And this is directed by Sarah Polly. And she just won Best Adapted Screenplay at the Oscars this year. So this movie was based on a book. And the book was based on a true story of Mennonite women deciding that they or what they should do after being fed up with the abuse from the men in their community. Um, and they are faced with three options, stay, fight, or leave. And this movie is literally what it's titled. It's women talking in a meeting about what to do with their lives. They mm. cannot read or write. So they have a trusted male school teacher to take minutes of the meeting. And at one point in the movie, one of the characters says they will leave an archive of their decision in the barn where they're meeting. And so others can find it and know what they decided. So they leave a tally of their votes because they, it's like they literally voted on three different sheets of craft paper, butcher paper or something and drawings and minutes. Um, and I, I just really liked this idea. I enjoyed this movie too. It was like a very quiet and like oddly soothing movie, even though it was about something really horrible. And um, the museum things that I was thinking of were cultural communication and education, implementing change, and then uh, preservation as well. Mm-hmm. So Interesting, because like since they couldn't read or write, in a lot of ways, well, I guess the men could, so that's different, but I'm thinking it's like their oral history has to be written down, like is only yeah. a man, but he's writing it down. But I mean, it just kind of like, that's. Yeah, that's an interesting point to bring up. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds sad. Yeah, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's a very recent story too. Like this real thing happened in like 2005 so um Mm. but good movie uh 
if you like a, a nice quiet movie without a lot of plot, sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. It's a, a good one to watch. Nice. Well, that is radically different than the thing that just popped in my head, which I'll say just real quick. Uh, total like right hand turn. The famous show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I do believe we are all large fans of. And uh-huh. the episode of the third season was called Dead Man's Party. This is the infamous episode where Joyce, who is Buffy Summer's mother, um, remember she runs a gallery. Oh, Joyce. Yes. Yes, Joyce, Joyce Summers. And in this um, episode, she brings home all this African art from the gallery. And I don't remember why it was all in her house. So like literally in her kitchen, she's like unboxing like Uh, and stuff. And there was the African mask. And that's what that episode is about. And that the African mask, basically, uh, if you, she has a part, coincidentally, Buffy's having a party that night and somebody puts on the mask and then they basically get like, uh, possess it's a nigerian mass and uh and uh it it things go awry because the mask has like a not a demon i don't remember if it's a demon but it kind of turns people into like zombie type things and just thinking about how one bad job joyce don't bring the collection items home because this is exactly why you don't leave the museum or the gallery with things because things go amok your teenagers having a party next thing you know they're wearing the mask for fun now i know there's a difference between a gallery and a museum but it's let's mm-hmm. well, not even get into the the problematic nature of how African art has been treated and categorized throughout history, right? It's a whole other. I thing. have concerns about insurance. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah, great <laughs> question. Yeah, but um, ultimately, I do believe all the property gets made, you know, back in Joyce's hands. But it just made me think about how uh, nothing like, breaks. Um, no, I, I mean, remember the episode. Hijinks ensue. I cannot remember the fate of the actual mask at the end of it. Um, I'm sure if a fan of the pod Thuvia, shout out Thuvia was listening because she's a hardcore puppy, she would remember off the top of her head what happened to the um to the mask. But yeah. yeah. And then a lot of those kind of supernatural kind of campy shows, they have a lot of artifact related episodes. They do. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. museums, they've got that like creepy vibe factor that they're looking for sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And then what was the one show called The Librarian that had like Noah Wiley in it? It was like a sci-fi related show. And it was just like the whole thing. Or no, Warehouse 43. Oh, I've never <laughs> seen that. Shouting out all these shows that I remember that are coming to me right I'm now. Lying. Yeah. I wish I would have remembered all of this before right now. So, Okay. But we, we'll, we might just need to do another artifact related things. Okay. Okay. Vibe check, Maddie. Get back into them vibes that you were talking mm. So vibes, I mean, what's more vibey than like an um immersive experience museum? So this is kind of where we transition into Emily in Paris and museums oh. because <laughs> this show obviously goes to a ton of sites they go to Versailles the Musée d'Orsay one character works in an art gallery um and they go to like some pop-up photo experiences and the Van Gogh experience which I have been to the Van Gogh experience and then they do some like kind of interactive museums like everything's like bubblegum pink and like everyone's taking photos and I don't know what your guys' take is on these like kind of like things that are sometimes called museums and they're more like an immersive experience don't like don't like 
I don't oh. like I either selfie stations, most of them. Like, like yeah. I mean, like, the, not all of them, but some of them are just straight up, like just appeal to your vanity to want to take a picture in front of something. That's one all. that I follow that I don't really look at anymore is um, the Museum of Ice Cream. And there's like several yes. of them throughout the country. Yeah. And it is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. If there's like fun interactive stuff that like is actually fun in the experience, especially if it's tailored towards kids, mm-hmm. I get it. Um, and kind of, I will say with the Van Gogh experience, like it's not that pretty to take photos of because mm-hmm. it's like dark and you are supposed to just kind of be there. And I, I did enjoy it. Like you just kind of, it was during the pandemic. So, or like kind of later in the pandemic where you have little circles on the ground where you stand I still wouldn't call it a museum, but as far as like an experience that, you know, you're I wish we to- still had those circles. <laughs> I know. It was really nice. I would not want to be like listening to the music and watching his artwork move around the walls and have someone standing like a foot behind me. I would have hated that because a lot of people would like kind of sit on the floor and it was more, it was very vibey in the moment. But it like wasn't something that people were taking real photos of because it's dark in there. And um, I will say like one of the pop up experience that Emily goes to, <laughs> there's, there's like a there's like a ball pit, and I don't know, like I don't know, I I haven't been to as I would like to call it meow meow wolf, but <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, I do kind of see it as being somewhat of a short-lived thing like hey remember when people used to go to these like things where you're sitting as if you're a character in Shit's Creek or something oh yeah mm-hmm. or like the friends set yeah yeah that is more about I don't know I don't know how fun it is in person versus just to do the photos mm-hmm. I kind of see it as being a more temporary thing um, yeah. obviously Emily in Paris is obsessed with Instagram so like it fits in well yeah, with that show um it does. For what <laughs> I know Madeline you've seen it oh right? yes and yeah I guess that's an interesting take like they definitely focus more on those entertainment um opportunities rather than like all of the amazing museums and artwork that's around <laughs> yes. which I don't know oh is, like, I don't you know they might pick their filming battles <laughs> yeah so, like, we got Versailles we didn't get one every episode but we got the hall of mirrors they <laughs> got Dorsey as well spoiler alert pause uh the proposal <laughs> scene <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no I haven't seen it you've ruined it for me yeah I feel yeah. like if you haven't seen it by now Why? same with like most of these like yeah yeah. yeah, you're not. They've gonna. been around. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch that. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah. Why would you say you're so anti, Sarah? I guess just just because they're meant to take photos at them. I don't disagree. I'm just curious. Actually, I do think that's part of it. And actually, as I said that, I was reflecting on like, why am I such a curmudgeon? Like, what's wrong with people taking photos of themselves? I almost just feel like I grew up where that was. N- I'm a like that was not a big emphasis in our childhood or whatever. So like, I'm still kind of like, you could still experience things and remember them without having to take a picture of yourself in it. Like I'm actually more inclined. Like I take pictures of the environment around me without myself in them. Right. Like, 
like uh, when I went to the wax museum, man, I went nuts. I took photos of so many things, but I didn't get photos with the wax people. Like, it was oh, see, I did back in oh, actually. Yeah, this was the trip to New York, which was my last trip using a, fa- a camera with film, just to date it. And we did just take photos of ourselves, but it was just like two of us taking photos, like with them, and you kind of like, hey, look, I'm with Napoleon. Ha ha! It's kind of part of it, I guess. I take one photo with Eddie Murphy, which was a weird one. But then I remember, and this was when I was like 15 and I came back with like pictures of Anne Frank and Albert Einstein, just them, which I was also like, the three pictures I took were Anne Frank, Albert Einstein and Eddie Murphy. I don't know what that says about where I was at in life at that time. Um, That's an interesting or, trio. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. I yeah. just find going to those now a little bit, they're just so like... It is just such a focus on like, let me get a picture of myself with this cool thing. And like, you don't experience, I don't know. I feel like you're not taking in the experience as much and it's really geared towards do those things, which is fine. That is what it is. I guess I'm just like, maybe don't call yourself the museum then. I guess that's like my little mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Just call it an immersive experience, yeah. photo experience, you know, instagram shop or you said meow meow wolf is that what it, the, the real name of it is right like it's the meow wolf, wolf. Oh, <laughs> meow wolf. okay yeah and so for those that don't know meow wolf is like known for making like super cool uber immersive experiences that you go in and it's supposed to be like i've never been to one so i can't you know but i know they've gained in popularity they're supposed to be really cool and i bet yeah. i would enjoy that right i want to walk through that fridge i see that on social media all the time and i want to do it too yeah and I love I love dioramas I love the idea of big dioramas right like let me get let me do that but I guess I need to know that it is purely just an it's an experiential based thing because like like the postal museum in Smithsonian has a lot of um like experience you know a lot of natural history museums can have this too where you're like walking through an environment to like teach you about different types of trees and you know Things yeah, like I'm in the human body, like I'm in the magic yeah, school bus. Love stuff like that, but I will say you are taking away a little. There's an educational component you're taking away. I guess I kind of like that, and not to be a hater, maybe the ice cream museum gives you lots of hot tips about ice cream, about but- ice cream and ice cream manufacturing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if a sprinkler well, does sprinkles. that. Yeah, like. <laughs> Yeah, I want to. I want to sit. I want to know about the history of sprinkles. I don't want to just get in a bucket of sprinkles and take a photo. I want to know where did where did right. like you where know did... what I'm hearing from this. Uh-huh. We need to take a museum kind road trip to the museum of ice cream. <laughs> I could come out of there and go, "What was I thinking? That was so great." Yeah, I'm stick yeah. in the mud. Maybe I would. So. Call me. Let's go to New York. Let's go to the Museum of Ice Cream. Let's let's take this show on the road, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie, do you have anything else? Like any other? I, th- I feel like you're fully loaded. Yeah. Yes. I do. Sorry. Okay. So one is um, the movie Bros, which if you are a rom-com fan, if you like kind of Judd apatow movies, if you like Billy Eichner, is a good one. I've heard it. <laughs> In that movie, Billy Eichner is on the board for an LGBT q plus museum like the national museum it's supposed to i think they're in maybe new york on the museum board and it's really funny because you see like the dynamics of the board and um there's i i guess i don't want to give too much away but what they show that's museum-y i think is like the fact that everyone is 
kind of disagreeing about how to represent, um, you know, their own group and the best way to do it and um, how like to showcase everything. And there's like a funder who wants a ride of trauma. (laughs) And it's kind of interesting because you see like things that like donors want and them trying to get different donors. Um, Deborah Messing is someone that they're trying to court as a donor, which is a wonderful part. And like what you maybe have to do, like put in a ride of trauma because people, (laughs) um, you know, who are investing want that. And there is like an animatronic hall of bisexuality. So there's like animatronics and there's like holographs of actors as historical figures. And I do like it. And it's fun to see like the dynamics of the board. Mm -hmm. No, that sounds interesting. Did you guys want to talk about Mona Lisa in the Glass Onion? Oh, yeah, that was. Yes. Yeah. Um, so um, we've all seen Glass Onion, right? Yeah, we're going to make this spoiler. Like, Well, non-spoiler is Glass Onion, Mona Lisa makes an appearance. <laughs> yeah, that was bonkers. Um, it yeah. was. So, yeah, the Knives Out second movie, The Glass Onion, which is kind of a ridiculous thing, the whole architectural element of it. But yeah. Mona Lisa's there but also the thing I loved about that movie was like the Edward Norton's got his like fancy like little gallery of all those like glass sculptures and when Janelle Mon- spoiler alert Janelle Monet just like starts slamming them and I loved it it's like I was like yes like even though it's my job to not make things like allow things to break I was just like I felt like I was living through her vicariously like yes girl just smash her. Mm, mm, mm. Um, it was catharsis for the viewer too. <laughs> yes. I love this rich guy's glass. It definitely yeah. that jerk stuff. Yeah. And then the Mona Lisa in the end, that baby burned up, right? Like that was what happened, right? She burnt the whole thing down. And that's what happens yeah. when you lend things to private individuals, which I thought it was really right. interesting that like the Louvre, their idea in the movie is they're still in the pandemic and the Louvre is like so hard up for cash that they let this eccentric rando take items. And it's like, they, they had precautions, they had a case, but ultimately when you lend to a private individual, which is insane and doesn't really happen, um, anything yeah. can happen. And why did the case open and close again? Like, why did it periodically do that i think so that he could see it at certain points okay because i was like solution there is just don't let the case open yeah oh i want to like see it better let me let me get even yeah yeah i i actually enjoyed that whole experience to the ground smash that stuff up yeah yeah Yeah. that's funny it's a good lesson they make another one (laughs) yeah yeah i do too actually down with that continue putting museum stuff in your films and shows please yes. it. yeah yeah it, um satisfy us burn it break it get crazy with it do things you can't do let the public think that you could do all these things and everything will be recovered it's just like go for it yeah we'll we'll set them straight yeah <laughs> in real life you know when they call us and they're like i mean we're we talk about museum popular culture but we've already spent like two hours talking about thomas crown affair also museums and popular culture so mm-hmm. we yeah that i guess that'll be my job to always bring up the thomas crown affair so <laughs> every episode 
Somehow. Sarah, what would you think if they remade like a version of the Thomas Crown Affair with Keanu Reeves? I knew you were going to say that. And as soon as you you went along that line of thought, I thought that is amazing. Sign me up. Get me on there. I'm going to be a financial backer. That would be so awesome. I would love it. It also would be a pro, it would be a way more like pro feminist take because Keanu would not be getting into some misogynistic bullshit. Uh, like take one. Okay. What if they switched the roles and Keanu was the insurance investigator <gasps> and then we got, you know, like, million like dollar, a billion lady. dollar play woman. And played by Love Sandra Bullock because the world wants Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves to do another movie together. That's just fact. So. Oh my God. I love it. I'm so sad this doesn't already exist, but that's okay. It's something to hope for. You can lock down the rights to this idea, which makes no sense because we have no uh interest in this like or um i love it that's great well maddie any other popular culture i mean um not for now i think those were bros and emily in paris i think were my main ones but tbd 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 is always more popular or tbc to be continued yeah yeah to be continued determined we can definitely determine that this will be continued because museums are everywhere yeah and pop culture is now and everywhere and every time (laughs) no the whole yes absolutely so um lots of takeaways lots of movies and shows to go watch and pick up on these things so yeah Uh, i also think that i was saying our tagline wrong i think i I like steered us wrong with and with that wasn't it until next time oh yeah. Although it's, it's not time for that. It's time for, are you ready for what's for dinner? Oh yeah. What's for dinner guys. All right. I've invested in a Costco world, Costco world lifestyle. I got produce I need to turn and burn. And I also got a crazy craving for pasta. So I'm going to make some sort of creamy mushroom, delicious pasta thing. Ooh. And mm. so I got, I need to turn them and burn them. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah. That <laughs> sounds delicious. <laughs> That sounds wonderful. Um, yeah. So I believe what I'm eating tonight is called, I could be saying this wrong, Tyrolean hash. And uh, this comes from my husband's Switzerland cookbook. So anywhere he travels, he picks up a cookbook. And um, basically this dish is a hearty little meal of potatoes with seasoning some like very thinly sliced beef and then we put a fried egg on top and it's delicious Mm. yeah loving that okay yeah very simple but very good Mm. yum yum um i will probably also make what's technically a hash but since my childhood i have called mush mush which is scrambled eggs uh now like a fake sausage or fake um bacon and hash browns or like I have like hash brown patties and mush it all together so it's technically like a hash so I think I'm gonna go breakfast yeah we've got very similar vibes tonight Maddie yeah I love it well I'm rich in Costco over I'm overstocked I could go that direction too but uh really really want some noodles so Yeah. yeah noodles are good too I mean tomorrow's lasagna so I'm right there oh yeah well I mean with that until then until next time until next time 
Stay preserved. Stay preserved. Um. <laughs>